MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, July 7th, 2023. Today, Walt Nauta has been arraigned in federal court. Judge Amy Berman Jackson orders Donald Trump to sit for a deposition in the Pete Strzok and Lisa Page lawsuit. Arizona Speaker of the House Rusty Bowers told Caitlin Collins he's spoken with the FBI about the fraudulent elector scheme. The Department of Justice has appealed the judge's ruling barring federal agencies from communicating with social media platforms. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been ousted from the Freedom Caucus for calling Lauren Boebert a little bitch. The U.S. will provide cluster munitions to Ukraine. And President Biden created almost 500,000 jobs in June, blowing away expectations. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Do you have any idea how hard it is for me not to laugh during the introduction when you said that Marjorie Taylor Greene got ousted from the Freedom Caucus for calling Bobert a little bitch. You can't sit with us. You can't. No, nope. you're no longer at the cool kids table. Oh, my God. I guess she didn't wear pink on Wednesday. Uh, I can't. But that's good. Good. Get her out of there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to read this to you. There's not a big full story on this yet, right? You know, my friend Pete, who is the co-host of Clean Up on Aisle 45 with me, a minute order popped up in his case. This is from Judge Amy Berman. That's Judge Jackson, if you're nasty. Uh And the shade in this minute order is fucking fantastic. It says, after review of the sealed materials submitted in connection with the motion for reconsideration from the DOJ, your motion is denied because the DOJ wanted her to reconsider having Trump sit for a deposition. Ah, okay. She's like, yeah, no. And by the way, Pete's response to this wasn't due till next week. She came up with this order before Pete even got a chance to respond. (laughs) So she goes, your motion is denied. While to the extent of the individuals deposed to date recalled the events in question, their testimony did not advance the plaintiff's theory that the former president was involved in the decision-making issue in the case. The fact remains that the former president himself has publicly boasted of his involvement, given the limited nature of the deposition that has been ordered and the fact that the former president's schedule appears to be able to accommodate other civil litigation (laughs) that he has initiated. So he's he's not busy. He's out suing a bunch of motherfuckers. So he's got plenty of time. He's got room on his dance card. The outcome of the balancing required by the apex doctrine remains the same for all the reasons previously stated, so ordered, signed by Judge Amy Berman Jackson. So he's going to have to sit for a deposition, as will Ray and Rod Rosenstein. And uh, I'm going to see if Pete can talk about it at all right. on the on the bonus cleanup on our 45 episode for patrons. So exciting. That we're going to record in a little bit. So that's fun. And that's funny. Also, Walt Nada pled not a guilty. Get it? <laughs> uh, so he finally got a lawyer? He did. He got some lady, uh, a Florida, uh, she's really barred in Florida, meaning she's part of the bar <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, she's going to be the the sponsor for his attorney, Stanley Woodward. But he's pled, he pled not guilty. So he doesn't seem like right now he's cooperating. It'll be interesting. Oh, boy. Well, we'll see. Yeah. 
And then take a listen to this. Take a listen to what Rusty Bowers. Now, I sat right behind this guy during the January 6th testimony when I went to the hearings. And he had some really, really strong words and really strong testimony against Donald Trump. But listen to what he said to Caitlin Collins. Have you been subpoenaed by the special counsel? Uh, I ha- oh, that's a great question. I, I'm hesitant to talk about any subpoenas, etc., but I have been interviewed by the FBI. In the January 6th investigation? Uh, or excuse me, I in the effort to a- overturn the election results? Correct. It was four hours of, of, uh, of a discussion that they had with me. When Very was, professional. When was that interview? Uh, it was a few couple of months ago, three months ago. About the same time frame, actually. Can you tell us what you talked about? I mean, this is news. We did not know that you had spoken to, to Jack Smith's team. Can you talk about what you offered to them? What information? There was I offered them nothing new. Uh, they seemed to have a good grasp on all of the testimony that I had given and all of the interviews that I had given to the Arizona Republic and and people from the Washington Post. Uh, they were very aware of the January 6th committee um, testimony that I gave. There may have been something that I said that was of interest, but I don't remember anything standing out that had not been mentioned before. Did you turn over any documents to them? That I don't remember. I know I gave a lot of documents to my attorney, and I still have a lot of documents, but I don't know if they're important or not. I have the proof, whatever that meant, that was the proof that I'd asked for, but it was hardly the proof that I sought. So, yeah, he's totally talked to the grand jury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe like a canary, singing like a bird. He's like, well, I don't really want to talk about that, but I have spoken to the FBI. I can tell you that. Yeah, dude, you. mm -hmm. Thanks, Rusty. We know we know what you did last summer, (laughs) (laughs) which means this summer. Anyway, I thought that that was a fascinating clip. All right. We have a lot of news to get to besides uh, what I've just gone over. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up from Zoe Tillman at Bloomberg. The Biden administration's battle with Republican-led states over free speech limits escalated with its appeal of a judge's sweeping order barring federal officials and agencies from communicating with social media companies over postings they deem objectionable, like COVID disinformation and child sex trafficking stuff. Yeah, you know. It is the latest example of the judiciary flexing its muscles in cases testing the bounds of First Amendment online. The U.S. Justice Department today filed a notice of appeal in federal court in Louisiana, signaling its intent to take the fight to the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. The Department of Justice also plans to ask the court for a stay pending appeal. That's according to a person familiar with the case. The case could swiftly land before the U.S. Supreme Court if the government's request is rejected. Now, courts have played a starring role in mediating fights in recent years over how tech giants moderate what goes on their platforms because Congress has its thumb up its butt. With federal law largely shielding companies against being sued over what's posted online, challengers have increasingly shifted the legal fight to the constitutional arena, probing the relationship between the government and the private sector. U.S. District Judge Terry Doty, his injunction on Tuesday, it, by the way, took one day for the DOJ to file this appeal. 
his injunction Tuesday represents a break with judges who have been wary of extending the First Amendment speech protections to content decisions made by companies, even in situations where government officials tried to exert influence. And that's Genevieve Lacquier talking. She's a constitutional law expert at the University of Chicago Law School. Now, Doty, who was nominated by Trump, prohibited a wide swath of the Biden administration from contacting tech giants about an array of subjects related to how they manage content. The judge held that the challengers, Republican attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana, and individual users, probably completely made up, were likely to win their lawsuit over steps the administration took to limit the spread of misinformation and fake accounts online, especially during the pandemic. Now, Steve Vladek, con law professor down at Austin, University of Texas, tweeted, he says, by filing its challenge to ostensibly nationwide conduct, In the single judge Monroe division of the Western District of Louisiana, Louisiana had a 100% chance (laughs) of drawing Judge Doty. The U.S. Supreme Court is set to barrel headfirst into questions around online speech in its next term. The justices will likely hear cases challenging laws in Texas and Florida that regulate what kind of speech social media companies can remove. Texas won in the Fifth Circuit while Florida lost before the Eleventh Circuit. The Supreme Court punted on dealing with those cases this term because it's none of their fucking business, asking the U.S. Solicitor General to weigh in instead. The high court is also set to hear cases about whether elected officials violated First Amendment when they block people from seeing their social media accounts. Similar cases have been moving through the court. I'm fine being blocked by Carrie Lake, by the way. You don't have to make her unblock me. Yeah, please. Similar cases have been moving through the courts for years. Trump lost a case when he was in the White House, though the Supreme Court later dismissed it as moot, leaving the underlying issues unsettled. Trump more recently has been pursuing First Amendment challenges to his permanent suspension from Twitter following the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. He sued Twitter and the government, claiming officials coerced the company into censoring him. A California federal judge dismissed the lawsuit, and Trump appealed. The Ninth Circuit has yet to hear the case, but I don't think he's banned from Twitter anymore, so I'm surprised that case isn't mooted as well. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. All right, this is from the Associated Press AG. The Biden administration has decided to provide cluster munitions to Ukraine, and it's expected to announce on Friday that the Pentagon will send thousands as part of a new military aid package worth up to $800 million for the war effort against Russia. And that's, of course, for people that are familiar with that decision. The decision comes despite widespread concerns that the controversial bombs can cause civilian casualties. The Pentagon will provide munitions that have a reduced, and I quote, dud rate. And what that means is there's going to be far fewer unexploded rounds that can result in unintended civilian deaths. That's a good thing. U.S. officials said Thursday they expect the military aid to Ukraine will be announced on Friday. The weapons were going to come from Pentagon stocks. And they will also include Bradley and Stryker armored vehicles and an array of ammunition, such as rounds of howitzers. I know you're familiar with this kind of thing. What is that? Howitzer? Howitzers. Mm-hmm. Howitzers. And the high mobility artillery rocket system known as HIMARS. Yep. That's from the officials. Now, please correct me on anything I mess up in this story, AG. Now, long sought by Ukraine, cluster bombs are weapons that open in the air, releasing submunitions or what they call bomblets. Those are dispersed over a large area, and they're intended to wreck destruction on multiple targets all at once. Well, the officials and others familiar with the decision, they were not authorized to publicly discuss the move before the official announcement, and they spoke on the condition of anonymity. Ukrainian officials have asked for the weapons to aid their campaign to push through lines of Russian troops that make gains in the ongoing counteroffensive. 
Now, Russian forces are already using cluster munitions on the battlefield and in populated civilian areas. This is from the U.S. officials. Mm -hmm. Well, according to the International Committee of the Red Cross, some cluster munitions leave behind, like I said, what they call bomblets that have a high rate of failure to explode, up to 40% in some cases. U.S. officials said Thursday that the rate of unexploded ordnance for the munitions that will be going to Ukraine, it's less than 3%, and therefore will mean fewer threats left behind to civilians. Also a good thing. Now, at Pentagon briefing Thursday, Brigadier General Pat Ryder said he had no announcement to make about cluster munitions. He said the Defense Department has multiple variants of the munitions and, quote, the ones that we are considering providing will not include older variants with unexploding rates that are higher than 2.35%. Obviously, even better than that four or the 3%. Ryder would not say whether Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has reached out to NATO counterparts to address some of their concerns on the use of cluster munitions. Ryder said the U.S. is aware of reports that indicate some munitions have higher exploding rates. And this is another quote. Now is the time for the U.S. and its allies to provide Ukraine with the systems it needs from cluster munitions to F-16s to ATACs. Is it ATACs? Is, do you say that out? A-T-A-C-M-S? I don't. I don't know how to say that one. Okay, we're going to go with... Because it, it sounds like it would be attackums, attack yeah. which just sounds cute. Yeah, we're going to say attackums because I think someone who knows about this is going to correct me. So either they're attackums... Like, like stakeums. I can't imagine you have to say A-T-A-C-M-S all the time. So we're going to go with attackums in order to aid their critical counteroffensive. So any further delay, it's going to cost the lives of countless Ukrainians, and it's going to prolong this very brutal war. This is the end of the quote from a call. He's actually a Republican from Texas. Now, the Army tactical missile system, known as the ATACMS, would give Ukraine the ability to strike Russian targets from as far as 180 miles. That's 300 kilometers, for those of you that are actually sole metric system. <laughs> now, Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he said last week that the U.S. has been thinking about providing the cluster munitions for a really long time. The Ukrainians have asked for it. Other European countries have provided some of that, and the Russians are using it. That's from Milley. He said that during his speech at the National Press Club. So cluster bombs can be fired by artillery that the U.S. has provided to Ukraine, and the Pentagon has a large stockpile of them. So this is what's happening over at the war across the ocean. Yeah, we'll see what they announce uh, today, Friday. All right. The U.S. labor market showed no signs of letting up. Quite the opposite, in fact, in June, as companies created far more jobs than expected. Payroll processing firm ADP has reported on Thursday that the private sector jobs surged by 497,000 for one month, June, well ahead of the revised 267,000 gain in May, and much better than the 220,000 Dow Jones consensus estimate. It doubled the Dow's estimate. The increase resulted in the biggest monthly rise since July 2022. Now, from a sector standpoint, leisure and hospitality led with 232,000 new hires, followed by construction, Hey, how about that Infrastructure Act? 97,000 construction jobs. Trade, transportation, and utilities, 90,000. We're starting to ramp up that whole Get Everybody Broadband by 2030 initiative. We're hiring Americans. We're hiring union. We're using American steel. It's just, it's a fucking beautiful thing. Annual pay rose at a 6.4% rate, representing a continued slowing that nonetheless is still indicative of a brewing inflationary pressure. And you know what? Kind of fuck off. I'm sort of tired. (laughs) 
I'm sort of tired of hearing these news organizations. Well, there could be a looming recession. I mean, there's a little bit of an inflation. You know what? 500,000 jobs. Fucking put your thumb up your butt and blow sunshine out of your mouth. That's all I want to fucking hear from you is happy things about this jobs report, CNBC. (laughs) Consumer-facing service industries had a strong June, aligning to push job creation higher than expected. That's Nella Richardson, chief economist at ADP. But wage growth continues to ebb in these same industries, and hiring likely is cresting after a late cycle surge. Okay, whatever, lady. Let's fucking 13 million jobs. Just chill. These Republicans all just want to, these rich motherfuckers all just want to be like, oh yeah, 500,000 jobs is nice, but you know, Uh there's some sucky stuff happening. Like, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's terrible. Okay. The unexpected jump in payrolls comes despite more than a year's worth of Federal Reserve interest rate increases aimed in large part to cool the jobs market, in which there are still nearly two open positions for every available worker. Oh, you know what would help? How about some fucking immigration? Yeah, that would be nice. America's hiring. Why aren't we let it? Why aren't? (laughs) ADP's account comes a day ahead of the more closely watched non-farm payrolls report from the Department of Labor. That's expected to show an increase of 240,000 jobs after a 339,000 gain in May. While the two reports can differ broadly, the ADP numbers pose some upside risk for Friday's report. Other industries seeing solid gains included education and health, 74,000, natural resources and mining, 69,000, and other services classification got 28,000 jobs. Manufacturing lost 42,000 jobs, but information was off 30,000, and financial activity saw a decline of 16,000. Broadly speaking, service providers contributed 373,000 of the total, while goods and producers added 124,000. Companies with fewer than 50 employees were responsible for most of the job growth. Good job. Small business owners Woo-hoo! added 300,000 positions, companies with 50 or fewer employees. That's huge. Firms with more than 500 workers lost 8,000 jobs. They know they're on to you. Mm-hmm. You suck. You suck, big corporations. They're going to the little guys now. That's where the jobs are. Mid-sized companies contributed about 183,000 jobs. So good job, everybody. That is a great story. And AG writes the script for us, and she always keeps these gems for me, and it makes me very happy. I do. I know. for that. This is from CNN. Here we go. Majority of the House Freedom Caucus, they voted to remove Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia just before, just before the current congressional recess on June 23rd. So they're like, have a good break, by the way, MT, don't come back. Don't come back here. I don't care where you go, but you're not coming back here. Yeah. Remember the two bobs in office space? Always fire on a Friday. Yeah. Less of a conflict. So good. This whole story, by the way, is this is according to the Republican rep, Andy Harris of Maryland. Though her ultimate fate in the group, it remains unclear. So we're not sure what's going to happen to MTG at this point. And this is a quote, a vote was taken to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from the House Freedom Caucus for some of the things she's done. (laughs) End quote. That's from Harris. That's what we told reporters Thursday. Now, according to Harris, Greene can no longer attend weekly meetings as they're reserved for members, mind you. You can't sit with us. No, this would be the first time, (laughs) the first time a member has been ejected from this caucus. And I want to make that sound like it's a big deal, but this caucus was just sort of formed. (laughs) So it really doesn't have a lot of legs. Politico actually is the one that first reported this vote. Now, it's unclear if the process is officially complete as members are still out of town, as we know, because they are on vacation. And the rules for kicking out a member of the Freedom Caucus, well, they're tightly held because it's like the fight club. They don't talk about it. (laughs) CNN has reached out to the caucus for comment, but again, tightly held rules. 
And this is a quote, as far as I know, that's the way it is. That's from Harris. And that's what was said when Harris was asked if Green is officially out after the vote occurred. <laughs> Basically, he was like, as far as I know, that's the way it is. Now, Green did not address her membership status when asked for comment, instead saying in a statement that she will never change her character. Funny that she thinks she has any. And in Congress, this is the rest of her quote, in Congress, I serve Northwest Georgia first, and I serve no group in Washington. Actually, not true. You're part of the U.S. Congress, so you actually do serve the rest of the country, <laughs> you motherfucker. Okay. I serve no one. I serve no, I serve yeah. in no group. Just Northeast, okay. just Northwest Georgia. Only people that voted for me too, by the way. None no. of you other fuckers in Northwest Georgia. <laughs> You're certainly not in the Freedom Caucus group anymore. No, I'm in freedom for those people who voted for me. And another quote from the story. My American first credentials guided by my Christian faith are forged in steel, seared into my character and will never change. That's what she said. I will work with anyone who wants to secure our border, protect our children inside the womb and after they are born, unless they're gay, black, trans, <laughs> end the forever foreign wars and do the work to save this country. What foreign war? We ended Afghan Biden. Okay. Yep. Yep. She added the GOP has less than two years to show America what a strong, unified Republican-led Congress will do when President Trump wins the White House in 2024. This is my focus, nothing else. Oh, bless. God, how do you breathe with your head so far up his ass? Now, Harris declined to say how he voted, but said he, and I quote, thought the action was an appropriate action. So he totally voted. He yes. totally voted, yes. <laughs> he cited the confrontation between Green and GOP Rep. Lauren Boebert of Colorado as the straw that broke the camel's back. So not the insurrection, not anything with Pelosi, not the fact that she's a transphobic asshole, but this led... Called her a little bitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. So before the recess... And st- for stealing her, stealing her impeachment her, her idea. Her impeachment idea, yep. CNN reported that Green called Boebert, as we said, a little bitch on the House floor. And this is another quote from Harris. I think the way she referred to a fellow member was probably not the way we expect our members to refer to their fellow members, uh, especially female members. Mm. Huh. Interesting. I wonder if he's talked to all the people that talk about AOC. A spokesperson for Boebert declined to say how she voted at the June Freedom Caucus meeting. This is another quote. There was nothing personal about Congresswoman Boebert's vote regarding MTG's membership status in the House Freedom Caucus. Boebert spokesperson, Joey Hungerford, said that in a statement. Harris confirmed the vote took place that morning that Congress left town before the 4th of July recess following the group's executive board meeting the day before. Now, Harris gave a full-throated support of House Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry, who's a Republican from Pennsylvania, saying he's doing a great job and he has a tr- he's a true leader. He's doing a great job having his phone seized and being criminally investigated for his part in the overthrow of the, gov- of the government. Hey, if you're going to have your phone seized, do it better than anyone else. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, right. Green entered Congress in 2021 as an outsider with a history of promoting far-right extremists and debunked conspiracy theories, by the way. But she quickly pivoted by aligning herself with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his leadership team. Now, unlike the majority of the House Freedom Caucus, Green stood by McCarthy in his fight to become Speaker and opposed members of the group who blocked the House floor for a week over the debt ceiling deal House GOP leaders negotiated with the White House. So, <laughs> well, too bad. Too bad for you. Yeah. Freedom Caucus, House Republicans, clown show. <laughs> clown show, bag of rats, big bag of rats. Fight, 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 fight. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> you have earned your karma. Karma's a little bitch. 
Karma is a little bitch. Actually, Karma's probably nicer than Marjorie Taylor Green and yeah. Lauren Boebert. I'd rather hang out with Karma. I want to have, I want to buy Karma a drink, yeah, honestly. Right? Um, let's talk about that. But we have some good news we have to get to. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And I want to check in with y'all about Netroots Nation. You might remember I mentioned last month I'm excited to be going to Chicago July 13th through the 15th for Netroots Nation. This is the largest gathering of progressive activists in the country. It happens every year in a different place, and this year it's in the fantastic city of Chicago, one of my favorite places, and you should come too. Netroots Nation is part learning about issues, part skills building, part rallying the folks who do the work, and part fun. Some people come for their jobs. Lots of people come because they just care a lot about what citizens can contribute to politics. For everybody there, it's eye-opening, inspiring, and a chance to connect. The organizers just announced the agenda of training sessions to help you be more effective in the activism you do. You should check it out. It's at the Netroots Nation website, which is netrootsnation.org. There's one on relational organizing that I think might appeal to Beans listeners. You know, vote blue and take someone with you. Sound familiar? There'll be broadcasters and podcasters set up at Media Row where I'll be and at the convention and maybe we'll run into each other there. I'll probably be doing some interviews with folks that I meet. I know it'll be great. I'll update you on planning for Netroots as we get closer, including info about keynote speakers. And remember, Netsroot Nation organizers have given us a discount code. Just enter promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, to get 10% off the price of your ticket. They've got a discounted hotel block too. So go to netrootsnation.org and register so that we know you're coming. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, a shout out to yourself, a loved one, a adoptable pet in your area, small business in your community you want to support, your business. If you want to give us, just tell us what you do, what you're making and what you're creating. Um, anything you want to send to us, what the mutt, what the heck wine, shit kids say, shit you say, shit adults say, shit your parents say, send it to us, Frog Orgies Baby Pictures at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right, first up from Gerald. I love the name Gerald. I really, really do. Pronouns he and him. I wanted to share some of the beauty of nature and a what the heck wine. Woohoo! Here is one of the wild horses on Assateague Island, Maryland. Apparently, there have been feral horses there since the 1600s. For good measure, I've included a picture of Bibi, my Yorkie, hunkering oh, down my God. during the 4th of July fireworks. Thanks for the news and swearing. The dog with the doggles. I know. And this horse, this, I mean, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous ho- horse. And this dog, this dog goggles. <laughs> doggo goggles. If those aren't called doggo goggles, someone's really missed out on something here. They're called doggles. Oh, that works. All right. This looks like a Arabian. Uh, too small to be a draft horse, but it looks like a Pergeron. Pergeron um, was my second guess. <laughs> Or uh, uh, just a thoroughbred. Let's see. Oh, there's no answer. Yeah. Thanks, Gerald. I don't know. I must be right. You must it's, be. It's, a, it's a, a half Pergeron, half thoroughbred. Oh, my God. You're welcome. So funny. All right. <laughs> this is from Cheryl Pronoun. She and her dear AG and DG. As we ride the apocalypse, the apocalypse train together, <laughs> I just want to thank you for keeping us sane with glimmers of hope. Uh, as a lot of humor and even some good news to offset the bad. 
I can't claim to be from the kitchen table days, but have been listening for well over a year and, and have recently become a patron. For pod pet tax, I include a picture of my dearly departed kitties, mm. Odin and Freya, who have crossed the Rainbow Bridge a few years ago. Hi, babies. They look lovely. They do. I'm sorry you miss your babies. All right, next up from Melissa, pronoun she and her. Dear Beans Queens, I went to see my plastic surgeon to see how my breasts were healing after my surgery on June 23rd, and she said they were looking good. Her words, not mine. It's hard to believe that my car accident that I had nearly two years ago basically saved my life. So after all the tears, the anxiety, sleeplessness, chemo treatments, hair falling out, and growing back, my mastectomy, 25 radiation treatments, and this final surgery, I'm officially done. Wow. I will still have my yearly mammogram and still have to take um, tamoxifen for another nine years, but the stuff that took a lot of energy is behind me, and I could start to feel more like my precancer self. I could start to work on the stuff I should have been working on years ago and have neglected for a variety of reasons, namely my weight and my mental health. After I spent the six or seven weeks relaxing and healing up, I'm open to sign up to be a delivery driver for a food delivery company. Attached is a photo of me with blue teeth after having a Dairy Queen ice cream cake. Yes. I want to thank the Beans community for their support over the last two years. Oh, congratulations, Melissa. Seriously. Love it. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for telling us. Thank you for letting us know. Congrats. Blue teeth. And it's all behind you. All the tough, the tough stuff is behind you. So that's yes, awesome. It is. All right. This was from our dear friend, Dan, pronounced he and him. Holy shit, Queens. Did you see Prigozhin? That uh, Wagner, Wagner, Wagner group leader and lapsed caterer. <laughs> the pictures of his disguises. No. He looks like he's in a bad improv group. All right. All right. Oh my God. A name for the bad in. <laughs> Prop group, Dan, this is hysterical. Alt-right citizens brigade. <laughs> the alt-right citizens brigade. For those of you that don't follow improv, it's the upright citizens brigade. God, that's funny. He's oh, going to need a setting, so an occupation, and a war crime. Also, shout out to me. I took my son and his trans boyfriend's clothing shopping on Tuesday. The boyfriend paid. I was the transportation. It was the first time he had gone shopping for men's clothes for himself. This is awesome. He led a very sheltered life before moving here. I'm truly amazed at how much this extremely anxious and introverted young man has been able to do for himself. I made a point to thank him for being part of the first time he bought clothes for himself. I'm also proud of my son for the man he is. He's not quite done cooking yet, but he he has also overcome some setbacks and challenges. They're both amazing and make me proud. Montana's a weird mix of communes and compounds with most of us in the middle. As with most red states, there's plenty of blue. We are working uphill to overcome misinformation and dark money and increased discrimination. Keep fighting, Beantopians. I love it, Beantopians. There are more of us than the nut jobs. Pet tax is a mountain goat about 20 feet above the road on a cliff. A cliff face I saw on the right home. His name is Henrik von Floof. Heinrich von Floof. This place is magical when you ignore the signs for the twice impeached, indicted circus peanut. Look at, this looks like Sasha Baron Cohen. (laughs) This is hysterical. (laughs) I have not seen these. I haven't either. But you're right. He looks like he's in the alt-right citizens brigade. The third one on the top row to the right. I'm like, who's falling for that beard? is he trying to be like a, a hipster oh my god he's got a scarf oh my he's got god a little, 
It's got a little gingham scarf. Why? That's more like a Taliban scarf. Or hound's tooth. Hound's tooth. My God. Oh, look at the goat. I mean, this chips me out because I've seen goats like this on smaller ledges than this. And I'm like, how in the fuck are they staying up there? Goats are magical. They are. Oh, anyway, thank you for that. Uh, that was a good laugh. I appreciate that. Next up from Teddy, <laughs> pronounce she and her. Oh, boy. My parrot, Boo, loves your show, Queens of the Beans. She laughs when you two laugh. And when Dana mispronounces something, she says, what? <laughs> <laughs> Once when Allison introduced herself at the beginning of the show, Boo said, hello, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, my God. And at the end of the show, she always says, good job. <laughs> That's amazing. I really enjoy listening to the beans, especially when Boo is listening with me. Hi, Boo. Hi, Boo. Who wants to know if she's if she's the first bird that listens to the show? I don't know. Uh, Leguminati, do you have birds that listen to the show? Oh, my God. I dated someone that had an African gray years ago. I was like 21 years old. And the, the bird uh, would imitate Lisa. Lisa was her name. And when the phone rang, the bird would go, hello, and sound just like Lisa. And then she couldn't understand the middle. So she would go, hello. Okay, bye. And would hang the phone up. And then she was also, my Max was a huge Chargers fan. So every football season, you hear the bird go, fuck, shit, come on, and yell at the television. It was, it was African Greys are amazing. They actually have a larger vocabulary than Donald Trump. I don't know if you know that, but they're. Yeah, really, well, yeah. So that was my butthole. So that's, that's not fair. Really much. That's fair. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that was the, the fucking Friday suit is my butthole. That was the, the, the Beavis and butthead of jokes I've ever heard. <laughs> Got a larger vocabulary than Donald Trump's. So does my butthole. <laughs> hey, listen, people, it's Friday. We've all lost our mind. Skiddly bop, be bop, butthole. All right. Um, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'll, I'll be around this weekend with the bonus uh, Beans weekly wrap-up for patrons. You don't want to miss the Pete Strzok one. Uh, about to go record it now because uh, Trump is being depoted uh, in his lawsuit. I don't, know, I don't know if he could talk about it, but it should be interesting uh, at the very least. And then, of course, don't forget to tune into Jack on Sunday. Are you going to be back with us Monday morning, my friend? I will be indeed. Awesome. We'll be back in your ears then. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And Ohio, take everyone with you. O-H. Ohio. Yeah, definitely August 8th. That's not all of Ohio, though. So everyone in that, it's not actually in that city is going to be like, that's our competition. I, I'm a Buckeye, okay? All right, you can um, be a Buckeye. B-U-C-K-E-Y-E. And uh, make sure that you register by July 10th. That's the cutoff. Check your registration because they are going to be purging the voter rolls. They don't want you to come to this election that's supposed to be outlawed special elections in August are supposed to be outlawed, but they let this one happen because they have such low turnout. They want to have to have a 60% threshold to get the abortion right, the right to have an abortion in their constitution. So make sure you show up. And uh, I've been AG. I've been DG. (laughs) And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>